0: Welcome to the All of Life Podcast from Redemption Church Tempe, where we have conversations on faith, culture, theology, and beyond to help us live all of life, all for Jesus. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Warren Williams, and I'd like to welcome you to the All of Life Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jim Mullins and Josh Butler, And we have a really exciting, cool episode that we have for you guys today. So as you guys know, as a part of this podcast, what we do is we also take the time to dive into some deeper theological sort of concepts, ideas, maybe parts of our uh, faith that we would not have the time or space to dive into on a Sunday. So today we have one of those topics. Today we're going to be talking about the Ascension. And I'm excited for this, right? Because I feel like it's one of the things that is not often discussed. Like we talk about the life, we talk about the death, we talk about the resurrection of Jesus. But often the ascension gets missed. Mm -hmm.
1: So, Jim, why are we talking about the ascension today? All right. So here's why we're talking about it. Ever since I was like a new believer, I've heard theological minds, theologians make this comment. Like, you know what? We don't emphasize the ascension enough. Yeah, You know, Jesus going to the right hand of the father and when he like floats away <laughs> after the, <laughs> the, the great commission. Yeah. Um, and I've heard that said uh, a number of times. Yeah, The first few times I said it, I was like, really? Why? Hmm. Like that, you know, Jesus floats away like a balloon. Right. Isn't that just some logistical stuff? Like like, he
0: was finished here and it was time for him to go away. Yeah. Like
1: when someone goes on a, uh, does some amazing thing, we don't talk about the plane that got them there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that was
1: my first thought. And then I heard it again and again and again. And I've kind of seen some of the implications, but to be honest with you, uh, back then I was like, I should look into that sometime. I should ask. I should wrestle with that. And I never have for like 20 years. And then Josh said it the other day. And I said, All right, (laughs) we're we're doing this and we're going to do it on a podcast. Love it. So that's why we're talking about it. But before diving in, I think it's just important for us all to get in the headspace Mm, of what's going on. Like Acts, Acts 1, um, Jesus is resurrected. Disciples think that's probably pretty cool. Yes. Uh, they're standing around. He talks about uh, waiting. Or uh, well, first, is, is he talking about when are you going to restore the kingdom? Yes. It's like, not for you to know. Not the for time. you to know. Yeah. yeah. He talks about the Holy Spirit that's coming. And uh, it says in, in verse 8, uh, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And he's sending them out on this mission. And then I think, let's just take in the humor of this. And it says, after they said this, he was taken up before their (laughs) very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky where he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white, these are like angels, Uh uh, said, men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand there looking in the sky? (laughs) The same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same Mm -hmm. way uh that you've seen him go into heaven. Like put if it is kind of a funny scene. If you're yeah, in that's... the disciple shoes, like what are you feeling? What are you thinking? What's what's going on?
0: Well, if the resurrection is probably the coolest thing I've ever seen. I'm a disciple up to that point, right? Yeah. This is like this is even ten times cooler. Yeah. I mean uh by on the surface he just floated all the way through the sky
1: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like almost, a blue dude yeah, like, we like him. That's
0: amazing. Pull him back down <laughs> like, he's got the
2: string let's yank him back down I think it was
0: I mean, an appropriate you know reaction to stand there looking up because it's like well what's he going to do next <laughs> yeah did, did, did they think he was just going to be up there for like five minutes <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> come back down I was like are we going to be able to do that you know like yeah. Yeah,
2: <laughs> if we were all up front talking and suddenly Jim you start yeah you're like
0: you're going, I'm going to be that? standing there looking <laughs> up for a while yeah. it's going to yeah. take an Angel to
2: get me to stop looking. Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The angel's like, hey, hey.
1: Give yeah, he's like, it. hey. Like, go, go do, this do stuff. it out. Like, Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'd be sitting there. I'd be like, can we get him back? Yeah. Like, yeah, can we get a right. clarification on some stuff? Yeah. You know. Uh, so I mean, the strangeness of it, and it's yeah. filled with all kinds of important symbolism that Josh is going to break down. Josh, we're going to go all over the place here uh, and dive into some stuff. But if you could just crystallize one thing you want us to walk away with today, what is
2: it? The one big idea here is this, that we tend to think of the ascension as Jesus went away. But really what it's saying is that Jesus has been exalted. Mm -hmm. So I think we tend to think of the ascension. I found just on a popular level and many of us, we just tend to default to thinking like, dude, the ascension means... Jesus went away, he's on vacation, he retired. Like Someday he'll come back from retirement, someday he'll get back from his vacation, and then everything will get whatever. But right now, he's kind of gone, and we're on our own. And there's a sense of just absence. You know, like the ascension means that Jesus is absent. Where I think what we'll kind of dig into today is actually, I believe because of the ascension, Jesus is actually more fully present than he would be otherwise, which Mm. is... That's gonna take some unpacking. Yeah, yeah, That's what for the New sure. Testament wants us to see is that, dude, the ascension is not like Jesus is on vacation. Yeah. The ascension is Jesus is ruling and reigning over all creation. And we yeah. have access to him here and now all over the earth as his people. And I think it changes how we pray. I think it changes how we live. I think it changes yeah. our understanding of the kingdom of God here and now, and yet also not yet. Like all that is wrapped up with our understanding of Jesus' ascension.
0: So, Josh, the way you're describing this, you know, this sounds like something that's massively important, yeah. right? Yet, you know, in my opener, and what Jim uh, just had to say, it's like something that's often neglected yes. and overlooked. Why is that the case?
2: <laughs> well, a couple of things, you know. I think first off, because it's weird. You know, we, we hit on this, <laughs> but like, dude, floating up into the sky. You know, like Jesus is like a middle-aged man, kind of floating up into the, yeah. into the cosmos. And dude, did he have a spacesuit on? You know, I think especially right. post, you know, modernity like newton galileo like dude we have a different understanding of the cosmos now right. and it's like how's he breathing up there yeah. where is he yeah. i think of the uh you know the russian astronauts that went up and like we you know we, we, went didn't, to see, heaven yeah, and we didn't see yeah. God, yeah you know, we didn't see jesus right. you know like maybe he's mm-hmm. hiding behind a planet yeah. or something you are know, like where is he kind of thing and uh and actually some of the stuff we're gonna be talking today too is based off of this book that i found really helpful if anyone's interested called the ascension of christ by mm-hmm. patrick schreiner it's kind of a short simple but but helpful book, I think, on getting our mind around the Ascension. Some of the stuff we're talking about here, I've, I've kind of framed up from that. But
1: You're, you're so good at attributing. Source. Attributing. Yeah, footnote. Yeah. We'll there put it is. that in the show notes. A verbal footnote <laughs> yeah. there, right? Here.
2: But uh someone is just that it's weird. You know, a couple of other things, I think, is honestly, uh, the word ascent does not appear in the New Testament. Hmm. So we're talking about the Ascension, but the actual language is not actually used, and even the Bible doesn't talk a lot about it in the ways that we'd expect. So um, really, like, Luke, the end of Luke and Acts, beginning of Acts, same author, are the only places that it's, this narrative is described This actually happening, right? Like Matthew's Gospel, end of John's Gospel, Jesus is still on earth hanging out with disciples, end of Matthew and Mark's original, it's not there, you know? So um, so we can be honest and kind of go, hey, actually narratively, and even the word, it's not emphasized in the New Testament. Mm. Um, I think another aspect why we can miss it is it seems like a bad plan right like dude <laughs> mm. Jesus the disciples get this when Jesus talks about going away like where are you going? do you gonna leave us on our own like right. it says, wouldn't it be better to have Jesus here in the flesh right now with us today the assumption is like dude it's a bad plan yeah for Jesus to not be here mm. in the flesh with us right now yeah it's
1: like taking the cure to cancer and then just putting in an air balloon right and floating letting flow in his face yeah. right yeah. yeah,
2: totally. Totally. And Jesus addresses that. We'll kind of get to that later. Yeah, yeah. But I think just at first glance, it's kind of one like, dude, this seems like Mm -hmm. a bad plan, you know?
0: Um, So, Josh, I think it would be helpful here if you can even just tell us, like, get into, like, why is it important? Yes. Great. Why does this matter?
2: Totally. Why does it matter? Well, you know, there's a couple of reasons. One is, even though, uh, just, man... It is actually a big New Testament emphasis. So even though I mentioned the word ascent doesn't appear and the narrative doesn't appear, the concept is all over the New Testament, mm-hmm. and it's in the language of Christ's exaltation, His mm-hmm. triumph. Jesus mm-hmm. has been exalted over the principalities and powers, over every thing in all creation. Jesus is the rightful King and ruler of heaven and earth. Like the ascension is. The doctrine that helps us understand like where Jesus is now, Mm. and it's in the exalted place of the highest authority at the right hand of God the Father, Mm. now ruling and reigning. And the reality is God has always been king, you know, God is king of his creation. But this is the first time where now God as King is ruling with the humanity of Christ. Like Christ Mm. has actually there's something new, right? Like in history, like Mm -hmm. pre ascension, like God's always been king. But now we have actually a human king, God in Christ as our true human ruler and king. Hmm. So one reason it's really important is like, dude, it's it's all over the gospel, the New Testament. Um, And you start reading through the gospel and you see in the New Testament, like it's central in the New Testament sermons and acts when they're preaching about Jesus. Their emphasis is actually on his present exaltation, his rule and reign. Uh, It's related to the giving of the spirit. Christ goes up in order to send the spirit down, right? Mm. And that's related to like dude, our access to God today. I would say it's not that Jesus is absent, he's actually he's omnipresent. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is able to be omnipresent because of the ascension. Meaning mm. that our brothers and sisters in Vietnam and right. Africa and Cambodia and whatever like in Latin America and here today, we're connected and united as the body of Christ all the way around the world mm. because of the ascension. Mm. And Jesus even says like if he didn't ascend, that wouldn't happen. Right. We wouldn't all right. have access to this global church, the global people of God today. The access that we all have, um, yeah. And I think, again, as we'll get into, I think it has a lot of implications for how we live today. Hmm. Um, often, I'll just give a window, you know, as an example. Often, when I'm praying, uh, especially if it's praying for someone serious, like someone like healing or uh, something that just something really serious, I'll often open my prayer. With something like, Jesus, you are exalted over all of heaven and yeah. earth. You are right. alive and ruling and reigning. You have given us your spirit, your presence, just to remind us, okay, like for the person I'm praying for, and to remind myself to kind of frame the context in which we're praying. Right. And I find that helps orient me with confidence in the access that we have here and now to the presence of God and the reign of Jesus. Mm.
1: So, So conceptually, that makes sense. It seems very important. Let me throw out, I want to throw out just like a series of scenarios of like real people, real situations, and let's talk about why the Ascension is important there. Mm. So uh, first one I I want to start with is a student at ASU right now. Mm. They are, they're realizing the market is very challenging. They wonder if they're going to be able to have fruitful work, that they'll be able to buy a house. And if they are, they're going to have to be at the top of their their field in some ways. And so they're studying as hard as they can, and it's really hard. Yeah. And they've started taking Adderall and doing all-nighters mm. and these sorts of things. And they're riddled with anxiety of how their present work now is going to affect their future. They're pulling out of community yeah. um, so that they can just put that extra time, put that extra work in. Why is the ascension important Mm. to that person
2: Mm. so good i would say this because the king is on the throne yes right now sometimes that language can get used to kind of like oh don't worry about your earthly thing you know don't worry about your job don't worry about your school just like focus on you he's on he's on the throne and that can be used in some unhealthy ways but what it means in terms of the ascension is going there is a stability to our world that we often don't feel so that Mm. student i think feels like dude i'm going to cut through a world where it's all riding on me performing hard enough and strong enough and making it and 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 that generates this anxiety. Yeah. Because you might feel like, dude, I know maybe I'm going to the sweet by and by when I die, mm-hmm. you know, and Jesus is out there somewhere, but I'm in this world that's falling apart. Right. And it's crazy, that it needs me to like generate. And I think it reorients you again. If you think Jesus went away, then that's going to generate the anxiety. Sure. If I'm on my own to kind of figure this out for myself. But when you say Jesus has been exalted, you begin to realize that, yes, we live in a world that is marked still by rebellion and that has um, different aspects of life Mm -hmm. that are um, difficult and challenging and all that, and yet there is a deeper underlying stability in the world, not only because God created it, but because Jesus is redeeming it. And so as I'm engaging in this work, I actually can— experience the stability beneath the chaos, yes. you know, of Christ's mm. rule and reign, and I can participate in his world, no, and this is not just trying to make a living for myself, this is actually serving King Jesus yep. in my vocation, seeking to embody and be a vehicle of his yeah. peace, of his blessing, of his flourishing through my vocation, yep. that why I'm studying for this thing, is to actually be a citizen of his kingdom, living into that reign now mm. in my field. And I would even just add to that, right? Like, we have access to the king. Mm -hmm.
0: And it's not, it's a king who understands what we're going through. Mm -hmm. Right? He is a human being, actually, Mm -hmm. in heaven. Mm -hmm. And so even as you, like, think of the God that you're asking for patience or for just relief through this season, like, he knows exactly Mm. what he needs to give you. He knows exactly what you need. Yeah, yeah. So it's like... Um, and the fact that he's ascended, you know, if he was still here, let's say, you know, he didn't ascend and he was still in Israel or somewhere like that, you know, right now, like you'd have to, you probably won't be able to get to him. Mm -hmm. Right. But the, the ascension gives you this access to the God who can meet you wherever you are. Mm. Right. And know what you're experiencing and give you what he need, what you need.
1: It's, it's interesting because to the untrained eye. Yeah. I think you know even like with myself I figure the ascension gives me a feeling of god's distance mm. when I first read it not his presence sure. mm-hmm. um and mm. I mean I had this thought experiment a while ago uh, where we asked um how far does god feel from you like mm. mileage wise mm. wow. So, like like you know someone you love like your your spouse is sure. right or your wife's right now mm-hmm. like you probably know about where they're at and there's a feeling that you have yeah. of being 20 30 miles away if they were in the office sure sure a uh, few you over you'd, if yeah. you'd feel closer totally. even though you're not physically yeah. present there right mm-hmm. um it's interesting like in my lowest points i always feel like god is about the distance of colorado mm-hmm. away you know and that's that's like where I was born, it's where my dad is. I'm sure that there's Mm -hmm. all kinds of things that people can analyze about that. (laughs) Um, But it's interesting that the effect of reading this without kind of understanding some of the broader symbolic things of what's being communicated can sometimes give a a sense of distance Mm. rather than presence, uh, of God's disengagement Mm. rather than rule and reign over Every, every yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. um it's inter- yeah uh, just asking you guys yeah in your worst moments when god feels distant if you had to put like a mileage on it what would you
0: <laughs> oh man that's a great question um i would say it feels like he's in a different continent uh yeah. yeah yeah like or even you know what not even that sometimes it feels like he's close but he's not, he's caring for everyone
2: else but me. Mm.
1: Mm. Like he's in the other room helping some folks. Yeah,
0: Mm. yeah, I think that actually would be more accurate.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think the image I have is like, he's outside, Mm. but I'm in like this dark room that's cut Mm. off, Mm. you know? Like, so even the, the distance doesn't feel like super long, you know, like it's like however many feet to my front door. But like I feel like, dude, I'm in the dark and I can't mm, get out. There's like right. light and there's presence yeah. and there's joy. All that stuff right out there. But I'm kind of in in this dark space, like yeah. a, a closed yeah. closet or something, and I can't get out. You know? Yeah.
1: And, yeah. So to the person, this will be my second scenario. Hmm. To the person who feels like they want to hear from God, they want to connect with God, but they feel. Dry and disconnected, and that he's distant. So you're saying the, the exaltation isn't more proof toward that narrative. Mm. But what are the implications for them? Uh, yeah. what What does the ascension mean for that person?
2: Great, great. Well, maybe to to frame it, I want to zoom out a little bit and kind of go. Um, I think two things, two stories that come to mind biblically have to do with um, in Acts that we see is the way that Jesus ascension is portrayed. Mm. And so uh, one is, so if we think about Jesus' prophet, priest, and king, right? Mm -hmm. In the Old Testament, um, there are these foreshadowings of the prophet ascending into the presence of God. And one of the things that we see in those stories is like the prophet goes up to bring good things down, right? Mm -hmm. So if we take one of those, for example, would be the story of uh, Moses. Moses. And he goes up Mount Sinai and he's described as the first prophet in scripture is Moses. So right. Moses, the prophet, he goes up the mountain of God, Mount Sinai, in order to bring the word of God yeah. down. Yeah. Lock, right? And it's interesting in Acts, it echoes a lot of the language and imagery. Uh, like Moses goes up, he comes down, and I think it's 3,000 or 5,000 are cut mm-hmm. down by the sword yeah, one, yeah. under the power of the law. Jesus is described in Acts as going up and he brings down the spirit mm-hmm. and then three thousand are, are cut added. to the heart and added by the sword oh, of the man. word you know like yeah. but they are saved you know like whereas yeah. the law brought curse the spirit brings life and salvation and blessing mm-hmm. oh, so good um and then there are other stories around that that, that follow like ananias and Sapphira, echoes mm-hmm. um uh Achan and things like that right so but all that to say like um what we see is like jesus like moses he goes up and ascends and exalted in order to bring the 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 presence of God down mm. us, and so sometimes I think Jesus's presence is closer to us than we feel, you know. Mm-hmm. And so often when I like that person, you know, when I'm in seasons where I feel like I'm in that dark closed room, you know, mm. I have to remind myself to what I know is true, yeah. Even when my emotions aren't quite there, mm-hmm. you know, which is that um, I can kind of t- I can take confidence in going. And even if the, I, I can't feel it right now, like I trust, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's one, but another another story. Oh, I, go ahead. Can we
1: pause yeah. there? Because yeah. I th- I think that's huge. Yeah, it is. Because the presence of the Holy Spirit, even a few feet of distance, is still way too far. Yeah. Because the Spirit dwells within us. Nice. S- yes. um, mm-hmm. And even a few inches away mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. infinitely further away than is the actual uh Reality, and it's not just Jesus got on an air balloon to space and he's hit Pluto by now or something totally. like that, but like that, he sends the spirit, and God literally is present, yeah, dwelling within dwelling us within
2: totally. Us. And I think you know, it's maybe nerdy here, but you know, but like, I think one of the challenges we live in a society that is very secularistic, naturalistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the idea that, like, Material reality is all there is, and we sort of banished God, the world. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes the feeling of God's distance has to do with that cultural mindset that we live in. And yet the reality of Scripture and Mm -hmm. the biblical vision historically is God is omnipresent. God is everywhere, right? Like God is everywhere. And when we talk about Jesus ascending to heaven, the idea there is not that he's floating up in the clouds somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's that he's now left, yes, our space, but to enter into God's space. Mm. What that means is that Jesus is omnipresent. For Jesus to be at the right hand of the Father, exalted to God's throne, biblically means he is in God's space and God's space is everywhere, you know? Mm. Which means that, like, dude, the humanity of Christ is at the right hand of the Father. But biblically what that means is whether or not I feel it, Jesus is here. Like, he's present to me even when I don't feel present to him. Mm. And that reality, and then... If I'm a believer, if I place my trust in Christ, then that means that his spirit is not only surrounding me, it's within me. Like God mm-hmm. has put his presence in my heart, even when I don't feel like it, his presence in my heart. And what I found helpful in those moments, those seasons where, where, that, where God feels distant, is to, I'd say, look back and look within. You know, like mm-hmm. to look back and remember what God's done in my life, and that generates this confidence of like, God, you've been faithful, you have it. Like I can mm-hmm. see your hand in my life, even though I don't feel it now and to look within, and kind of the question of, do I love Jesus? Because mm. sometimes I love Jesus, but I don't feel his presence. But if I love Jesus, that is the work of the Spirit. Mm. Like if I, like the work of the Spirit at its core is to cultivate affection for Christ. And mm. so it, the Spirit loves to lift up Jesus, to honor him and glorify him. So to say like, Jesus, I love you, but I don't feel your presence, it's almost like a contradiction. Because yeah. <laughs> to say, Jesus, I love you, yeah. is, the work of the spirit's presence, even if you don't realize it, you know? And so, mm-hmm. so that helps me to go, I think Jesus is closer than I feel. Mm-hmm. You know, when I see his work, looking back in my life, when I see the love of Christ within, it can create that confidence of going, yeah, you're closer than I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I think
2: it's, it's
0: so good the way you put language on that, Josh. And I think, um, to your point, right, we live in such a secular society that even, you know, when we come across people, um, I'm, I'm thinking particular believers right right now, that are like in a season of suffering or like just in a season of hardship, and they say something like, you know, I'm going through this, but I truly feel like God is here. He's caring for me. He's present with me. I think even sometimes the most faithful, faithful of us can quickly dismiss that as a coping mechanism, mm-hmm. instead of that actually being the presence of Jesus, like being a strength beyond whatever strength that person has inside of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I mean, I, you know, I've seen it time and time again. I've experienced it myself time mm-hmm. and time again, and um, it is truly a testimony to Jesus, the Emmanuel, God with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So uh, Josh, um, you kind of gave us the implications there Right of Jesus's ascension on him as his, his identity as a prophet, but you also mentioned that the ascension has implication on his role as priest and mm-hmm. king. What about the ascension implicates
2: his role as priest? It's good. That's good. Well, uh, great question. If I can actually stick on prophet for one oh, okay. more, because there's, there's one got other more. piece there. I think it's like really powerful. <laughs> it's another. I, I, I just uh, yeah. man, this it, it relates to what we were just talking about too, which is why I think it's good to talk about it here. Um, but there's another Old Testament story that Acts is drawing upon, and it's the story of Elijah's death. Mm-hmm. Right? so Elijah is like Moses and Elijah, yeah. the two big prophets of the Old Testament. Right, so Elijah is like one of the biggest prophet, and Elisha comes to Elijah before he dies, or before he dies, before yeah. he ascends, and he says, "Hey Elijah, would you give me a double portion of what you have?" like of, of your your ministry, right? And Elijah has like raised people from the dead. Right. Elijah has healed the sick. Elijah has spoken truth to power. Elijah yeah. has embodied the just of God. Mm-hmm. Elijah has confronted sin and idolatry. He's brought down fire on the prophets of Baal. Elijah has like had all this amazing, awesome stuff go yeah. down through his ministry. Mm. And Elisha, his disciple is going, I want that, but times two. Like, I want that, but double. Can you give me that
1: 2.0? You know, like, make
2: me Elijah 2.0. And you're going to, that's that's bold. Like, generally you think as a disciple, you're kind of going, can I get a half of that? Or can I get a quarter of that? Can can I do a little smidge of what you're doing, you know? Mm. And and so Elijah tells Elisha, he says, well, here will be the sign. If you witness, if you see me when I'm going up. If I'm just Mm. taken away from your sight, you don't see me. And the answer is no, essentially, right? But if you see me as I'm being lifted up into the air, as I ascend, you know, as I go up. Then that's the sign that you will receive the double portion. Okay? Mm. And what's interesting, this first struck me years ago when, um, if you've ever been a liturgical church, sometimes they have the, you know, the the lectionary where they'll read different passages like Old Testament, New yeah. Testament, Gospel together. Mm. And what's interesting is in the lectionary, that scripture is paired with the Ascension of Jesus in Acts mm. one, right? Mm. And when you hear them back to back, you hear that read, and then you hear what you read earlier in Acts one, where Jesus is going up. And it says, and it emphasizes multiple places with um, language like they were gazing upon him, they witnessed him, they saw him. Acts 1 is wanting us to see like they are, he didn't just disappear, they're seeing him ascend, Mm. like Elisha saw Elijah go Mm. up. And there's actually phrases in here that are drawn from the Greek version of the Old Testament Uh, of that story, you know. mm. I think those echoes, what they're wanting us to say is like, with the disciples, we don't just get like a 10% 10% or half or a little smidgen or whatever Jesus had. Like, the, essential, the 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 fear that we have is like, dude, Jesus went away, so now we're on our own. Mm. And what that backdrop is saying is, no, we saw, they saw Jesus goes up, go up, and so the Spirit gets a double portion of Jesus' ministry. Mm. Like, the Spirit actually has, Jesus is going, what, you saw me doing mine? I'm now giving double yeah. to you all. And we we hit this in our John series, but you know, there's this place people wrestle with where Jesus says, Hey, because I'm going away, Great. you'll do even greater yeah. things. Mm-hmm. And people are like, "Well, dude, you raised the dead. you like, like no, what does that mean? You know, um, if I, as an individual, if I haven't done all that, like, then am I not doing a good job? Mm-hmm. But the way that most theologians have historically understood that has been, uh, it's not greater in quality per se, but greater in quantity. Yeah. Going mm-hmm. that, like, dude, Jesus, going, because I'm ascended, I'm giving you my presence, and now if you got two billion followers of Jesus around the world, (laughs) they can do greater quantity of things than Jesus on his own in the flesh can do. Mm -hmm. And so the whole point for our purposes here going like, Jesus as the ascended prophet, it means that he is empowered and filled and building up his church to do the works of ministry in the world, to actually Mm -hmm. embody his presence in the world, to actually do so with his presence and in his power, um, and to actually, yeah, like the ascension means We get the double portion. Yeah. (laughs) We We get seconds. Jesus, we get seconds. You know, (laughs) totally.
0: Uh, It it,
1: it means that there's not a dozen dudes walking around Galilee and people are getting healed and and there's like transformation happening and the presence of God is there. Yeah. It means the same is true for Tempe, Arizona and for Paducah, Kentucky. Yes. Is
0: that a real place?
1: I think so. Okay. Uh, Totally. Yeah, totally. and for the island of Cyprus, yes, and the Maldives islands, yes. I can name a lot of islands. <laughs> totally, <want. laughs> I,
2: I mean, I think. Uh, and you know, how did of they the, even you know, get there? They yeah. didn't know the
0: Maldives. Yeah, islands. right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and one of the things we love doing in our stories, you know, celebrating God's stories, stories of what God's yeah. doing, and we hear these stories like people are encountering Jesus, you know, right. like people are going from sin to salvation, are going from death to life, yeah. people are experiencing faith and trust and in, in, in salvation, and they're experiencing. I think of acts were like, dude, these men have been with Jesus, these people have been with Jesus. And I think there's this reality today of like that's happening all over the world and right here yeah. in Tempe, like Jesus is building up his church, he's equipping his church. he's filling his church. And it's not just as a role model mm-hmm. but it's actually with his presence.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if 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 the disciples in that moment someone got a time machine yeah. and or a little camera that could show the future and they showed this moment here wow and they said hey the gospel made it all the way to tempe arizona Mm. not only would their minds their minds would be blown
2: that tempe exists yeah 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 exactly (laughs) because their (laughs) their conception
1: of of the size of the world did not (laughs) even include where we are and the fact that we're sitting here as worshipers of jesus is because of the exaltation the, in the ascension
2: yes totally
0: it's good so um i'm glad we didn't rush through prophet because okay. that was gold um he's but
1: got one more thing to say oh no, you got another thing know. to say <laughs> let's, go. let's go to priest,
0: let's go to priest. <laughs> tell us about the tell us about the ascensions implications on jesus's priest
2: yeah so jesus is not only a prophet he's also a priest and when we think about a priest what they did was they represented humanity to God, or the people of God to God, and they represented God mm-hmm. and the people, right? And they were like a mediator in between. And similarly, Jesus is our great high priest. Uh, he represents us in his exalted humanity yeah. before God the Father. And he also represents God the Father through his humanity to us as the church, yeah. Right. And so, a couple thoughts on that. Like, um, if you wanna go, dude, what did priests do in the Old Testament, that Christ now does for us today. Oh yeah, uh, a few categories. Um, one is intercession, right? Mm. And Schreiner, in that book I mentioned earlier, he has this uh, cool scene I, I found helpful. If you've seen Lord of the Rings, and there's a scene where Frodo has been stabbed by the Morgul blade, and it's like he's dying, mm. and Arwen. Uh she like gets him on her horse and she has to like outrun these demonic like you know, wraiths that are chasing them down and she gets him to the river and kind of gets him over there and defeats. And then there's a scene though where like Frodo is pretty much dead. Mm. And Arwen intercedes for him. She like she gets down and she like basically says, Whatever grace I have, would you pass it on mm. to him? Now for the purists, that scene's not actually in the books, but it's a cool, powerful scene in the movie, wow. right? And and she heals frodo by interceding and letting the grace that she has pass mm-hmm. to him right and i think that's a powerful image of like what the intercession of christ as priest means for us it's that he is saying father may the grace that i have in my restored exalted humanity pass to them as my people like jesus is imparting his grace the grace mm-hmm. of god to us he's interceding before the father he's representing us before the face of the father uh, he's like intervening in a sense, you know, yeah. like, like to uh, intercede and cry out for us. And so you've got intercession. Um, I'm sorry, the uh, the earlier category I maybe should mention first is sacrifice. Hmm. The priests offered, offered sacrifice, sacrifices, right. right? And so they would bring those sacrifices into the temple. They would slaughter them. And the blood of the sacrifice, one of the things that it did was atone yeah. for sin. And similarly, Jesus presents his own blood, his own sacrifice as our great high priest before the father. And what that means is Jesus has atoned for our sin. He's bringing the power of that Mm -hmm. atonement before the father to intercede. And now that his grace may pass to us. And finally, the priests also would then they would bless the people They would Mm -hmm. come out and uh, there's the Famous benediction we'll do sometimes we hear at the end of the service, like the Lord bless you and keep Mm -hmm. you and make his face shine upon you and all. That was the priestly blessing that they were instructed to pray as people were were going. And there's similarly this sense that Jesus has sacrificed himself for our sin as our great high priest. He's now interceding before the Father to actually bring restoration into our lives, um, emotional, spiritual, physical, social, all those things. Jesus is seeking to renew his people through his intercession. And he is blessing his people with the fruit of his kingdom. Yes. Yeah. So as our great high priest, this means we don't got to go to the temple, a temple made of brick and stone or whatever anymore to do that. We have a great high priest who is doing that for us, us as people here and now.
1: All right. So I'm going to tell you a little story related to this. Uh, I've never really seen or read a lot of the Lord of the Rings. Oh, thanks. Oh. Oh, I thought uh, I was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's why Sacrilege. I Sacrilege. <laughs> when I it first came out, uh, my friends and I heard that it was like really uh, like and, a great movie yeah. and everything. And I don't know what night we showed up on, but we were there and we were the only people who weren't dressed like one of those creatures in the movie. Oh. Like, these people were
0: hyped. Yeah. and <laughs> I um, they were in, probably, You guys probably thought you were in danger
1: yeah no, for sure. and it would definitely just a sword. and yeah, no, and uh, it, this guy's dressed like an elf and and you know, a battle axe, and I didn't even bring like a baseball bat right uh. Uh, but so we're in that moment, and the and i I didn't fully catch everything that was going on in the movie, but I do think about the guy who's sitting next to me. Hmm. The guy who's sitting next to me uh struggles. Yeah. He struggles because um he had a few kids uh with someone who isn't his wife uh hasn't showed up early in his life mm. uh to those kids. Um has really struggled with substance stuff mm. and uh is just racked with guilt and pain. Mm um and josh this is the question coming for you you got the book open but i got a question for you <laughs> I'm listening. like this dude is <laughs> yeah. he feels like he is the biggest loser huh and that his his life there's like he is unworthy of a good life and just mm. does, doesn't even know what to do and he hears about um okay so there's like a priestly blessing and there was a Lamb that was killed for me and stuff like that. Like for him, why is the priestly work that's being done here Mm, important? Yeah,
2: that's great. That's a great question. So, uh, there's a phrase Tim Keller would use a lot that I love. So, you know, the gospel essentially is like you're more sinful than you ever dared dream, you have more love than you could ever imagine. I believe Christ's work is our high priest, Mm. embodies that reality, right? So for that person who's kind of feeling that guilt, that shame that whatever, over things they've done in their life, like over the you know um, kids they haven't been present to, and all the really hard stuff, the truth of the gospel goes like, yeah, that was bad. you know yeah. I think we look in our world today and you get a lot of self-help like oh well, we all make mistakes or oh whatever you know it's like going, no. That was really bad. Like it, it does name the truth yeah. of the hardest things you've done.
1: The breathing exercises aren't helping. The breathing exercises aren't yeah, helping. Right. Yeah. yeah. Rather right. than
2: trying to minimize what he's done and uh-huh. saying, like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. We all make mistakes or you just love yourself, whatever, you know, it's going, that was worthy of death. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. what you did was actually worthy of dying. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of you are more sinful than you ever dared believe, whatever, right? And yet your great high priest has sacrificed himself. For right. You. Yeah. Like, you are so loved that he gave himself mm. his blood yeah. covers all your sin. If you simply look to, to him, trust in him, like he's yours. Like, and so what, what I believe Christ at any here means for him is going like, you don't have to minimize what you did. Yeah. Actually, the more you press into like the gnarliness yes. of what you've done, like the more you begin to realize how deeply loved by yeah. Christ you are. Mm. You know? And it's his work as our great high priest that's going, yeah, that guilt that you're feeling, that's been atoned for. That's mm-hmm. been covered for. You don't have to live under the guilt. Like, I paid the penalty, so you don't have to pay the penalty anymore, um, even to yourself. And and going, like, when you're experiencing those things and you're praying, God, forgive me, or God, whatever, you know, like, Christ has already been praying that for you like, Yeah, mm-hmm. Jesus's prayers for yes. you are stronger than your prayers for you mm. yes. you know like dude like yes. like Jesus cares more about you he he cares more about you than you care about yourself yeah like he's representing you before the father at a deeper level that like my prayers can be so weak you know mm-hmm. like how much yeah. it takes for me sometimes to even get to the point of owning and acknowledging and it's like dude I'm just trying to catch up with Jesus yes. like he's mm-hmm. Jesus has already been representing that person's sin before the father yeah. and how much he cares about you you know i mentioned the arwen lord of the rings earlier one of the things i love in that story is that she's half elf mm. not full and she sacrificed she gave up immortality going mm. to the dying undying lands mm. in order to be present to the harsh realities or whatever mm. and i feel like it's like this echo you know of like dude jesus left heaven he left the undying lands he left the company, yeah. whatever to suffer and die on behalf of that dude's story. Mm. Even if he's not wearing the elf costume in Lord of the Rings mm, movie, yeah. like he's got someone who forsook the undying lands to like give his life for him. Mm. You yeah. know? Um and now yeah. going dude Jesus is not his goal is not just to get rid of the bad stuff. It's actually to bring in the good stuff to mm-hmm. bless him. Actually, yes, right to actually bring the presence of God, the fruitfulness of God's life into story
0: love it you know that's why for me like the book of hebrews is one of my Mm -hmm. probably one of my favorite books in Mm -hmm. all of scripture because i feel like it gives us a glimpse as Mm -hmm. to like all of what we're talking about today Mm -hmm. right it talks Mm -hmm. about jesus's ascent and what he's doing at the right hand of the father he's interceding for us and one thing i that always hits me every time i read that um it's when the author of hebrew talks about jesus's sacrifice is good Mm -hmm. forever Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm It was one more sacrifice. I mean, that's the last sacrifice. It was good. It was the one and for all sacrifice that mm-hmm. was needed yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think um, so often, right, like you've had the rough story presently in the past or whatever it may be. You think you got to sacrifice more. Mm-hmm. right? You think you got to offer a bigger sacrifice mm-hmm. um, than maybe someone else who doesn't have such a gnarly story. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, no, Jesus' sacrifice once and for all. No matter if you've had the gnarliest story or you grew up in church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Before we get away from priests, yeah, yeah. can yeah, I go Bible yeah. nerd
2: for yeah, sure? Yeah, 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 no, for, sure. for, for, for sure. Wait,
1: you haven't been going Bible <laughs> right? nerd? I haven't been going Bible <laughs> <right? laughs> nerd. Wow, man, we're about to get I've into the next <laughs> dimension. I've
2: been going Lord of the Rings nerd. That's Yeah. All right, dude, the ascension of the priest. Now, this is an Old A lot of us, I think, are freaked out by Old Testament, like temple and priests and sacrifice. What's going on? It feels weird. But one of the grids I found really helpful, there's a theologian, T.F. Torrance, he talks about in all this stuff in the Old Testament, God is crafting a language to help us understand Jesus when he shows up. Mm -hmm. That's what I've found helpful when you're approaching some of that wild language imagery stuff in a different culture, you know, is is to go, okay, how does this help me understand who Jesus is? And And when you looked at the high priest and their role, every year the high priest would ascend, ascend, right? Now, Mm -hmm. so in the temple, Uh, That where once a year, Day of Atonement, the high priest would ascend into the holy of holies, and that's because the architecture and structure of the temple it went upwards, Mm. And, and this was the moment where sin was atoned for, and the high priest for all the people, highest office in all of the land and all of Israel, they would atone for the sin of the people and they would go into the presence of
0: mm. god
2: and the outer layers of the temple had imagery of like the seas and the um, yes. chaos and all that and then you'd move inward and it would be like the land and animals and you move up and it would be like you were going up the mountain yeah. and by the time you got to the holy of holies this was just like the pinnacle of the mountain the high point where heaven and earth connected and so every year you have this ceremony where the high priest is ascending up into the holy of holies yeah at the height of the mountain where heaven and earth meet to make sacrifice for the atone for the sin of the people and to enter into the presence of God mm. on the people's behalf, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Israel also understood that their temple and its system was just a microcosm yeah. pointing to God's heavenly temple, God's rule over all of creation. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about that as almost like a drama that they were enacting every year, yeah. that was all pointing to the great sacrifice where Christ, the high priest, gave himself at the cross, like Mm. the cross. Scholars are talking about how, you know, it's not like cross was descension and resurrection was ascension, no the cross was the beginning of his ascension. Mm. right? That Christ at the cross is going upwards to make atonement for sin like the high priest did every year. He is lifted up on the cross. John, over and over again, says this is his exaltation. He's Mm. exalted on the cross. It's the beginning of his movement of ascension as our high priest. He gives his life and then the resurrection continues his ascension where now he's raised from the grave and he ascends to the right hand of God the Father. That's him entering the Holy of Holies at the center of now all creation. Mm. like The right hand of God, the throne of God, the control center for all creation, right? And yeah. so, all that to say, the Bible in our piece is going, dude, that narrative drama that was enacted every year every in the Old Testament year. was yeah. a sign of what Christ sure. does as in his ascension. That basically, his cross, resurrection, and ascension is him going as our great high priest to atone for sin, hmm. to enter the holy of holies of God's holy yeah. presence. And in so doing, to begin the reconciliation of all creation mm-hmm. to God like restoring all creation yeah to the father through himself
1: yeah
0: Man, if i can just add one more thing um just christ's role as priest you know i was thinking about it like this i think the ascension is not the only time we think we have a disappearing god mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think um often right you've seen it time and time again people you know you get saved you give your life to christ and then you kind of start to think you got to do it all on your own, mm-hmm. right? But like Christ's role as priest is like when He saves you, right? When He calls you to Himself, when He um, when you put your trust in Him, He's not like, "All right, you're done." All right, thanks. I got to mm-hmm. move on to the next one. Like He mm-hmm. continues with you. Mm-hmm. He's active with you. He's um, with you as you work it out and you make the mistakes and. All the moments of your life, like he's not the disappearing God in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Totally.
0: He's the pursuing God. Yeah. Josh yeah. Like yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I love that man. I I just want to highlight this, something that you said. Yeah. Of that, what is happening in the Old Testament? and these narratives and these images and all that's connected to the temple and the various Mm. uh, rituals is giving language to describe what you are going to see in the incredible Mm -hmm. events of the gospel. Yes, Uh, Not that Jesus shows up and he's like, I well, need to sucked. save Here's people. Yeah, yeah. Well <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or even or even like or even like, uh, I should make the case that I am the Messiah, right. so I'm gonna pick up on all this imagery yes. here. Mm. It's not him like using that as yeah. much as that is for, for him, him Yes. From totally. the beginning. Yeah. He's
2: not rejecting it, he's fulfilling, he's it. fulfilling yeah. it. But when you think of fulfill, even that language of filling something, you know, it's like he's filling out what it meant all along you know yeah, yeah yeah, he's actually showing us dude this is what all this is yeah yeah nah, well.
1: yeah because a a concept yeah. an abstract concept atonement that word is just a bunch of mumblings and sounds <laughs> uh unless it's filled Fill, with yeah. something that you've seen experienced holy. you know whatnot and uh a dead pure lamb mm, sitting on holy. an altar uh that's for your sins is uh, some pretty gnarly imagery that mm-hmm. gets that. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So we've talked about ascension's implications on prophet and priest. Let's move to king now. Josh, mm-hmm. what does the ascension mean for Jesus's identity as king?
2: Definitely. It's his enthronement. Mm-hmm. This is him enthroned and installed as king. So uh, there's a interesting image another movie that uh, you know Shriner uses actually in that book um from the Lion King. Right? I know Lion one, yeah. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Everybody's seen Lion King, right? <laughs> and if you remember Lion King, you know, like Simba early in the movie he's anointed, like he's supposed to be king. Like yeah. he's ordained to become the king of, mm-hmm. of the, right? But then he goes through this exile and he's gotta battle his uncle Scar when he comes back and there's mm-hmm. all the different stuff. And he ends up Um, battling he's wounded but he achieves this victory over scar and the hyenas and all wow and like he's victorious yeah if you haven't seen it yet (laughs) totally yeah totally Uh, sorry (laughs) but basically like he's he's come back he's accomplished his victory and yet the story doesn't end there there's another scene and it's maybe an overlooked scene at times but it's where Rafiki or whatever the the yeah Rafiki got it Mm -hmm. you know he's like uh he says you have to now ascend Pride Rock, mm. and this is his installation, like kind of like resurrection. He's already accomplished a victory in one level, but now it's like, okay, you need to go and ascend mm. Pride Rock, and when he does, this is the moment where all of the animal kingdom where it begins to look up, begins to cheer and applaud, and they are recognizing his identity mm. as the newly installed king. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think similarly, like what we have in, in the Gospels, we have the resurrection, It's like Christ's victory. Dude, the hyenas have been defeated, Scar, Satan's sin, death, like all that. Like Jesus has accomplished his victory. And yet, what the ascension is, is now he is being installed as the rightful ruler and king of Mm. all creation. And the goal is that all we, like the animal kingdom and lion king, you know, that we, the human kingdom, that we would look up and recognize and rejoice in and exult in and lift high and praise like Christ, our exalted ascended king. Now, The reality in the biblical story is that you can be installed as king and still have enemies coming at you who reject or resist your kingdom. Mm -hmm. We're seeing this in the story of uh, David right now in the We Want a King series. We just saw this last, as we're recording this, at least last Sunday when we're recording this, we're talking about where uh, the Civil War ends. David is installed as king. He was ordained as king a long time ago, Mm -hmm. anointed to be, but now he's actually installed as king. And yet, there's still going to be Philistines coming at him. There's still going to be, you know, like there are those who are at war yeah. against the kingdom of God. And the language of the Psalms and all is like, he must reign until he has put his enemies under his feet. Yeah. So he's for David. David, he's now king of Israel, and yet he has to put his enemies under his feet. Mm-hmm. So now Christ is installed as king over all creation. That doesn't mean everything's hunky-dory right, right now. There's mm-hmm. still rebellion against yeah. the kingdom Hyenus. of God. You know, hyenas, yeah, totally, yes. And so we have this now and not yet of the kingdom where Christ is king now. We're not just waiting for him to become king mm. in the resurrection. Like Jesus is right now ruling and reigning over all creation. And yet there is rebellion, resistance, mm. enemies of the king, kingdom, those who stand opposed. And if you're like me, I can look around and kind of go like, Well, if Jesus is reigning now, it sure doesn't look like it. Because mm-hmm. the world is falling apart. Like, where in the world is Jesus' reign? And I believe the gospel answer is at least where it's supposed to be, is in the church. In the church, right. Like, dude, the church is citizens of the kingdom who are submitting their lives to the ruling reign of Jesus, experiencing yep. his presence, his power, his rule, his command, his all that, and to be an outpost of his kingdom into a world wrapped in rebellion. Mm. You know, So the ascension means, dude, we're not just waiting for Jesus to be king in the future. He's king right now. And we're invited to actually live into that kingdom rule.
1: All right, so I'm gonna <laughs> extend your metaphor okay. here. And I haven't seen The Lion King in a while, so I'm not okay. messing some cool. stuff up. But let's just say Simba, as the king, is going out into the into The, the jungle. He, yeah. And the, he's saying, mm-hmm. hey, there's going to need to be people, there's animals who are kind of running stuff in different parts of it, and they're going to have to figure out policies and mm-hmm. things like that. So there is an election in a certain part of the jungle. And uh, there happens to be a, a donkey and an, an elephant, elephant. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, we're nominated. Random, yeah, random yeah. I like that, yeah, 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 it's yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that are debating over who should be the yeah. rightful, and it gets nasty, oh yes. man, like nastier than when the hyenas were, wow, around, right, yeah. wow. And uh, you know, they're, they're half and it's split, yeah, and you're just like a little lemur sitting there trying to figure out. What do I do between the mm. elephant and the, the donkey? Mm. Uh, how does that how what what's the word for the lemur?
2: Definitely, man. I think what the lemur wants to do is go, dude. I follow the lion. Yeah, you know, I don't follow the donkey or the mm. elephant. I follow the lion. Now maybe the elephant has got these good things going on that the lion, you know, line up with the lion. But there's just other stuff the elephant's got going on, like ah, that doesn't jive with the lion. Where it lines up, I'm going, okay, I, I can support you, elephant, in these ways. But where it doesn't, it's like, sorry, elephant, I go with the lion, not with you. Mm. Same thing with the donkey. Donkey might have some good stuff where you're going, okay, there's some of that that feels like it aligns with Simba and the, you know, yeah. I'll go with that from you. But where it doesn't, I think big picture going, dude, I'm going with the lion of the tribe of Judah who yeah. is ruling and reigning right now. The lamb once slain, who's now victorious and exalted over all creation. My ultimate allegiance is not to this leader or that leader or this president or that president or this. Pre- what like my donkey yeah? It's like <laughs> I gotta live in and engage in the world that I live in, but my ultimate allegiance that I'm ordering my life around is the mm. Lion of the Tribe of Judah who is ruling and reigning over all creation right now. Yeah, I and think they are they are under authorities, yeah? Yeah. right? A they are under yeah. Absolutely. Like you're rebelling against a higher king, you know? Yeah, totally. yeah.
1: And, and and I think the a framework that's helpful is. Noting the difference between leaning and bowing. Mm. Because yes. uh throughout history, Christians have leaned towards certain political yeah. movements and have seen benefits mm. in them. Um, and we we have, you know, our church is actually pretty evenly split on mm. where uh people might lean. Mm. Uh but bowing. Is to give your authority, your allegiance yeah. uh, to to something. It's to say you determine what is true for me. Mm-hmm. When you set the agenda, I'm lockstep. Yeah. When uh, when that I am going to be fixated on the words that you are giving, and that is going to sh- frame my life. And when you do that, as much as you even want to have like a uh, you know a Thomas Kincaid painting in your house, and you uh, go to Chick fil A. You have switched your allegiance mm. over to someone other than Jesus mm. um, yes. as your functional king. And so the enthronement, the ascension means that he's there. Mm. Like, d- doesn't matter what's coming up in the next elections. These people, I mean, it matters, but yeah. in the ultimate sense, yeah. like these are mere mortals.
0: We're not electing a new king. We're not electing yeah. a new king, right. and no matter what happens in yeah. the next elections, Right.
1: He's, yeah. he's, he remains he as remain. king. Exactly. And he's yeah. worthy of our allegiance. Totally.
2: And I think big picture, like the church, when it comes to a prophetic voice in society for the kingdom, we're called, and we call not only individuals, we call leaders. Yeah. Dude, you're called to bend the knee before King Jesus. Like, right. mm-hmm. Whether you're going President so-and-so or President so-and-so, whoever you're looking at, you know, whatever, like, dude, they don't exist in some autonomous sphere of their own authority. Mm-hmm. It's like they are underneath a higher king and the call of the church is going, dude, if you want to get on board with who God is and what right. God's doing, you need to bend the knee to King Jesus and yeah. seek to align your rule with his reign. And what does that mean? That's where there's a lot of Yeah, we know, have to work like that out. Right. Work it out. But well, the it, framework of going Jesus yeah. is worthy of your submission for everyone, mm-hmm. yeah, peasants and presidents.
1: And another interesting angle you brought out on that is that the implications for what that means for believers, mm. that... Jesus is the great high priest, but He's drawing us in to His uh, priestly kingdom, yeah. yes. where we have a role of mediating the presence of God yes. to the world, where it's not as the Spirit dwells within us. Yes. So as we scatter into our work, to our school, to our neighborhoods, that that there is that 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 priestly responsibility. So if you take it back to the yeah. lemur, the lemur. Isn't just saying which one of the these people, the donkey or the elephant, has the 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 royal role. It's no, the lemur has stuff to do. Yes, the person sitting watching the debates is, is if you're acknowledging that Jesus is the King, that means the next day when you go up to work, he's King over that space. And what does it mean to bring his presence there and to work in such a way that acknowledges? That he is the king, yeah.
2: totally, and that's amen. Dude. And that feels like the big landing pad for this yeah, whole yeah, conversation. Yeah. Is going. It's not just that Jesus is prophet, priest, and king; it's that Jesus is making us, as His church, to be prophets, priests, and yes. kings. Mm. Right? Like Jesus is making us, like He's building up His church, equipping and filling us in order that Jesus can continue His prophetic ministry into the world yeah. through us. That Jesus can continue His priestly rule, mediating and bringing people under His atonement and experiencing His blessing and all. As his kingdom of priests, it's that we would become citizens yeah. of his kingdom that are actually embodying the rule and reign of Jesus and how we live our lives here and now. Mm. And I know, that gets me excited. You know what Yeah, I mean? it's, absolutely. It's because of the ascension that that reality is true. Yeah. You know, if, if you don't have the ascension, then I think what you have is like, we're trying to become prophets, priests, or kings just using Jesus as a template or a role yes. model or example. If you have the ascension, then what you have is, no, it's Jesus working in and through us. It's we have mm-hmm, his presence right. with us. Like we're doing it with him rather than just inspired by him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Better yet, he's doing it with us. Right.
0: You know? And I feel like that's the best way we can kind of land this, mm-hmm. right? It's like we don't have good ideas, good methods. We have a good king um who is with us. And I pray that the um everything we've talked about, the ascension today, that is massively just comforting and encouraging for you as you know that um, the God that you serve is with you wherever you are. Mm -hmm. So guys, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the All of Life podcast. To get more information on Redemption Church Tempe, you can download the Redemption Tempe app, or you can send an email to tempe at redemptionaz.com.